listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Two years was a season-opening victory over Southern Utah one week ago tonight. Now the 23rd-ranked Arizona State Sun Devils are ready to return to Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field this weekend to take on the UNLV Rebels in what amazingly will be just the second all-time football meeting between these two schools that are located a mere five hours driving time away from each other. We invite you to join us as we spend the next hour talking Arizona State football as we welcome you to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. With me, fourth year, Arizona Herm Edwards, how are you doing tonight, Coach? I am well, thank you. Great to have you aboard, and great to have our fans with us here. Absolutely. As we come your way once again from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. Come on down, enjoy great food, tasty beverages, some terrific Sun Devil football talk. Heck, we even got the Cowboys and the Buccaneers on multiple TV screens for your viewing pleasure. We have several guests joining us on tonight's show. Last week on our first broadcast of the year, we visited with an offensive assistant coach, coordinator Zach Hill, and two defensive players. Tonight, we flip the script as our player guests will be ASU's two offensive captains, fullback Case Hatch and quarterback Jaden Daniels are in the house. And then later on, we'll check in with Sun Devil defensive coordinator Antonio Pierce. This being a football show, we are formatted just like a football game in quarters. So right now, let's get started with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And uh, once again, we welcome in Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards, whose team took the field last week in front of the home fans for the first time since November 30th, 2019. And Herm, was that feeling every bit what you anticipated it would be? And some. um, We had a great uh, turnout for our first game. And uh, you could tell the players when they were in the tunnel and they they cut all the lights off. I said, we're in trouble. (laughs) They haven't seen this in almost two years. Yeah. And we, and we played like that early uh, with with, uh, with the fouls, with the emotional fouls, 11 in the first half. And then we finally calmed down in the second half only had two. But I kind of anticipated that it might look like that. Did you get a sense leading into the game that it might be that way? Yeah, the whole week. Yeah. It's just knowing that your first home game in front of fans, you know, and loved ones. And uh, the student body was, was, was unbelievable. Boy, they were, yeah, they that, were really that thing good. was packed, they're, they're I think, really an hour good. before kickoff. Can't it, thank them enough. They're, they're really good. They were out there, and uh, it was hot, obviously, and cheering, and, and it was just fun to be in that atmosphere again. It sure was for all of us. And, you know, when you get past the penalties, the bottom line is your team posted a dominating 41-14 win over Southern Utah. The 41 points, I believe, the most scored by any Pac-12 team last weekend. And you held the Thunderbirds to 224 total yards. That's the fewest yards allowed by a Pac-12 team in week one. Clearly, your team did some good things. They they did some good things. And you think about it, um, first time uh, uh, Antonio called the defense and did a fabulous job. Uh, The two touchdowns were given on a short field on on turnovers, obviously. And uh, the tight end coach, first time him coaching tight ends, had to coach the tight ends, had a, a new receiver coach coaching the receivers. And, uh, Jaden, you know, the numbers, you know, they're not eye-popping like 300 yards passing, but he, he had 200 yards passing and 
we had over 200 yards rushing. And, and you look at us uh, historically since we've been here, um, I think the number is uh, we've anytime we rush over 200 plus yards, uh, we're nine and one. So uh, that's a good number to have when you can rush the ball like that. And, boy, some of the other rushing numbers. If you go back to last year, the last two games, uh, the wins at Arizona and Oregon State and uh, this game, three last three games, Sun Devils are averaging 285 rushing yards per game in those three contests. But even more impressively, Herm, 19 rushing touchdowns in the last three games. And you go back a quarter century, and that is tied for the second most by any FBS team in a three-game period since 1996 that is really impressive well we have some some impressive players um, playing with the ball in their hand and, and obviously the two running backs we know a lot about but you know, don't, don't discount the quarterback right uh, Jaden's going to make some some plays uh, with his legs uh, Jaden ran really well on, yeah, he ran uh, really well night. and then he, then he ran out of gas um, <laughs> you know he's standing over there laying he's laying over there on the sideline on another team's sideline and I'm like what are you doing <laughs> He'll never said, hear the end said, of it. What right? are you doing right now? I said, you trying to get some more TV time or what? Right? Yeah. And I, I, got the, I got the trainers from the other team and the head coach. I'm spraying water on his calves. I said, come on, what are you doing, man? Oh, come on, we got to leave. We got a football game to play. Yeah. Well, your offensive line blocked well. Your tight ends blocked well. But, boy, you know who else blocked well? Your wide receivers. And here's another little nugget that uh, my friends at Price Waterhouse or wherever you get this information <laughs> came up with. If you look, four of ASU's wide receivers, Andre Johnson, Johnny Wilson, L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, and Ricky Pearsall, ranked among the top 25 wide receivers in the nation last week for their run-blocking grades, with Andre Johnson being number one and Johnny Wilson number two. They were, they were fantastic. They did a great job in the run game, uh, you know, getting the, the second-level defender, uh, and that's why you have big runs when, when receivers are – are willing to, to go in and block and, and do things like that. And, and it showed up on the tape. I, I showed a bunch of clips to the team about how unselfish they were uh, as far as uh, being involved in the game, but the blocking part of it. Very seldom will you hear the word pancake used in a wide receiver room, but there's a clip on Twitter of Johnny Wilson actually pancaking a Southern Utah kid downfield. Yeah, it was over on our sideline. The kid, you know, yeah. Johnny hit the guy and, you know, took him out of bounds. and Drove him about and, 12 and, yards know, back, huh? I looked at him. I said, that's not nice. You can't do that. <laughs> right? I said, Coach, I'm just trying to do my job. But uh, they, they did a really nice job of blocking. Um, even, our, even our fullback, uh, Chase Hass, who's here tonight, uh, it, it was just—it was unbelievable. Some of the blocks that, that he laid on on defenders. I mean, it was just—it was just fun to watch. Another guy who blocked well was your tight end Curtis Hodges, who also caught two passes for a team best fifty-six yards. He had a good game, didn't he? Probably his best de- game is a, is a Sun Devil player, and um, you know he's been here in the program um, for a long time, and, and I think he's finding his way now. He, he's he had a solid performance, and now we, we want to make sure he can continue to do that because he can be a big part of our offense. Well, we'll get AP's uh, take on it a little later in the show, but uh, what was your take on your defense's overall performance in the opener? They're fast. Uh, it, it looked like it on tape, and, um, and we'll, we'll have a test this week, but uh, covered really well. Uh, the, the first sack of the game, uh, the first interception of the game, I should say. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. It came from <laughs> a Pierce, right? That's right. That's <laughs> First right. time him calling defenses, and the Sun got an interception. Third play of the yeah, game. And he ran it down to the one, but um, – they did a nice job of tackling. When you think about, uh, we don't we don't scrimmage. 
Uh, I think we've we've tackled twice since the spring live, and that was that wasn't the, that was the young guys just to let them know, just to watch them tackle a little bit. But uh, we don't tackle; we just don't do it. Uh, we do a lot of drills and tackling, not a lot of missed tackles. Um, Butler was fantastic some of the tackles he made in the open field, but for the most part, um, we're going to have to tackle well this week because they got a they got a nice running back. This team is. This team's got some skill now um, on, on both sides of the ball. Charles Williams is the running back mm-hmm. uh, that Herms referred to. I think in uh, Vegas they call him the Chuck Wagon, and he has rushed for over 3,000 yards in his career. In fact, that's the most of any back in the country in strictly FBS uh, competition. Yeah, he's a good player. I remember when they used to have a guy but there by the name of Icky Woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, Icky Woods, Absolutely. Icky Shuffle. The yeah. Icky Shuffle mm-hmm. with yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals That's back right. in the uh, late 1980s. Speaking of tackling, you had a defensive lineman who did a very good job of that. D.J. Davidson, six tackles, two of them behind the line of scrimmage, a pass breakup, and a, four, and a fumble recovery, and he was the Pac-12's first defensive lineman of the week this season and we talked about it all week i i, I told him i said look you, you have to dominate this center this week i mean that, that's where it starts with you and, and he did a fabulous job got off blocks and as you said the, t- the stats kind of show um what he was able to do and then being a pac-12 player and it's couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer guy and to a better football player so that's a good way for him to start a season off. i've always felt dj's kind of the unsung guy in your defensive line he is. Um, doesn't say a whole lot, you know. Real kind of meek, you know, but but a strong, powerful guy. And when once he gets his hands on on uh, offensive players, he has a way of shedding blocks and making plays. I believe he got his degree, if I'm not mistaken, this past spring. Yes, didn't he? yes, that's awesome yeah. stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, not only was DJ Davidson a Pac-12 Player of the Week, but another DJ, DJ Taylor, with his spectacular returns, was the conference special teams player of the week 142 total return yards 87 on punts which was not his forte prior he he had been mainly a kickoff return guy for you last year but he was he started returning punts for you and he had a spectacular 47 yarder and we talked about that in the spring i said you know you can be dynamic but you gotta learn how to catch punts so it's still work in progress but it was good to see him catch some punts especially from a left left footed punter you know that's that's different coming at you a little bit different and um you know, I mean, he's a he's a talented guy when he has the ball in his hand, and I think if he can truly become a punt returner, then we've got a chance to, to, for him to touch the ball because it's hard on kickoffs. If, if guys kick it, you know, in the end zone, mm-hmm. now he has a rule. He can go back five yards inside that thing and come out with it. I mean, that's his rule. That's the DJ rule. Okay, if you're five yards deep in the end zone and you think you can bring it out, you bring it out. Generally, you want a fair catch it. But we'll give him an opportunity to bring it out. I'm guessing the DJ rule was written into law on December 11th last year when he caught that kickoff in Tucson seven yards deep in the end zone and took it all the way. Well, you know, he's a talented guy and, and he has a lot of speed. And once he sees a little opening, he hits it. And uh, th- those guys want to block for him because they know at any moment if you block and, and you get, you know, he hits the scene, he can go. The special teams uh, take the returns away is kind of a hit or miss uh, opener for them, wasn't it? For us, for special teams? Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of, the last segment you asked about the kicking game, so I kind of <laughs> left it at that. Kind of showed up, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had a freshman punter who I thought was, was fantastic. Um, dropped his first one at the one-yard line. right in there, Eddie, you know, and, and now uh, kickoff-wise and, and, and field goals, I mean, that we, we have to improve there. And um, somebody showed up. 
Wore number eight, I believe, uh, just like a, a distant relative, and uh, he, he did. Sh- he showed up in the depth chart this week. A young man by the name of Christians and Dejas. What do you think? Uh, yeah, he showed up. Uh, might see him uh, Saturday night <laughs> a little bit. I tell you what, he was pretty good in his first go-around here, was he not? 25 of 31 field goals uh, in his uh, first two years as a Sun Devil. He was nails for you in 2019 from about 43 yards in. Yep, and, um, you know, that, that's that's the area when you're deciding, right? It, 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 it's it, You're too close to punt the ball, mm-hmm. right? So you want to, you know, you, you, you know, if you kick it, that's fine. But if not, then you got to go for it on fourth down if you have the situation that would allow you to do that but uh, he's been very consistent um it was fun to have him back at practice and kicking the ball all the players were laughing you know mm-hmm. he's back but um uh, he can help us and i think our other guy will help us too it's just it, it, it's hard you know when you haven't done it and he's done it he has experience yeah that transfer portal is going to has to already change the game but just uh, christian's a good example just because a guy goes in there doesn't mean he stays in there or goes elsewhere right exactly and um it's like pro football. It's, it's free agency. That's what free agency is in pro football. It's the portal. Yeah. Guys, free agent? Okay. I'm a free agent. I'm going in the portal. and see if somebody wants me. And we've had free agency in college football now. That's exactly much. right. That's, it was, it, that's college football. The portal is free agency, and you'll see it. And, and, and I think it's kind of interesting how you use it. If you're trying to build a, young, a, team, uh, a team with a young program, then you're going to be apt to get more high school players. Um, maybe every once in a while get a transfer or a grad transfer because you want some some experience. But if you have a team that's pretty good and you're looking for a couple veteran guys to take you over the hump, then you go to the portal. Mm-hmm. So you have two options now, and you got to be very you got to be very aware of what you're trying to do and what your needs are. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Plenty more to come on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Arizona State defensive coordinator Antonio Pierce will drop by later in the hour. But up next, we'll chat with two of the offensive captains, the two offensive captains of this 2021 Sun Devil football team as fullback Case Hatch and quarterback Jaden Daniels will join us. But first, let's take a time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Sun Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game coming up on Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host. Glad you're with us tonight. We invite you, if you're in the neighborhood, to drop by the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. We'll be here on the air till 8 o'clock this evening. Time now to meet our player guest tonight, the Sun Devils' two offensive captains for 2021. Uh, Better captains I could not imagine. First, meet a fella on my far right here. He's from Gilbert, Arizona. Perry High School came to ASU as a walk-on linebacker in 2019, became an all-Pac-12 special teams player in his first season as a Sun Devil while transitioning now to an offensive player as he's one of the better fullbacks, 
H-backs in the conference. Say hi to Case Hatch, who's joined us tonight. Case, good to see you, buddy. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on and joining us. Joining Case is the Devils' other offensive captain. He is simply one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. Two-plus seasons has thrown for nearly 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns with only three interceptions. Oh, by the way, he's a pretty doggone good runner as well. He's from San Bernardino, California, and it's always good to have Jaden Daniels on the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back on, Jaden. We'll start with you. Full disclosure, Jaden was supposed to have been a guest on our season opening show. Last Tuesday, you could not make it, but for a very good reason. Tell our listeners all about it. Yeah, I had to take the whole starting office out to eat. Uh, that's why I couldn't make it last week. Well, I'm here now, but I had, to, I had to take care of that first. That name, image, and likeness thing is uh, paying off well for Jaden. And tell us where you went. Uh, the guys, I guess, gave you good feedback on uh, the, on the video. Yeah, I took them somewhere nice, took them to Bourbon and Bones, and got him a good, nice steak. Oh, know. man. What a, what a guy, Jaden. That's outstanding. That is really cool stuff. You're, you're ready for pro football now when you take your O-line out in the, in the pros, man. Case, uh, what was it like for you and the guys taking the field for that first time in two years, seeing all the fans in the stands, seeing the student section packed? Uh, must have been an incredible moment last uh, Thursday. It, it definitely was because we missed that last year. Last season we didn't have the fans in the stands when we walked out of the Tim Tunnel. Um, but this year it was different. You know, all that anxiety, all that nervousness is kind of building up as we're approaching the field and then having the team out there with all the fans, the big student section. It was an amazing moment for sure. Do you think the adrenaline maybe led to some of the uh, sloppiness in terms of the penalties there in that first half? I mean, there's always those first game jitters. You know, every team goes through it. There's always mistakes made. Um, That definitely could have an an impact on it. Um, But there's things that we're going to change for this this week. Jaden, uh, as you'd have uh, the last week now to reflect and look back, what is your overview of how the team, may, and specifically the offense, uh, performed in that game last week? Yeah, I think we uh, performed our best of our ability, really. Um, some of the calls we wish we could have had back, uh, we, we felt like weren't the right calls, but I mean, at the end of the day, there were some penalties that we did make that we can't have, but I felt like we had a, a, a good start and something to build on. And certainly uh, something you can build on, and I think something you can lean on this year is your running game. Uh, talk about the way the guys ran the football in the opener. I mean, uh, you got the O-line blocking, uh, Case was blocking, you know, they take pride in that. And we got special runners back there, so just hand them the ball off, give them the ball, and let them do what they have to do. Kind of makes your night sort of easy, doesn't it? You yeah. just turn it handing off a lot. Yeah, it did, it did. But you contribute as well. Uh, do you enjoy running the football? I mean, you are a, th- a, a boy, quarterbacks that can run are so, such a dangerous threat. You had, I think, six carries for 40 yards, and I thought ran it really well last week. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always fun uh, being able to run, make some plays. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, don't want to run that much, you know, because <laughs> it resulted to me cramping up last week. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just fun, you know, to be able to contribute and make plays for the team and help them win. Case, you guys have uh, quite a uh, three-headed monster in the backfield, don't you, with Rashad White, uh, Diamante Chip Trainum, and uh, Daniel Ngata. All of whom got in the game, uh, Rashad and Chip, each with two touchdowns, each averaged over eight yards a carry. Give us your scouting report of those three because there's such a diversity of style and talent in those three, isn't there? Yeah, those are some of the three best running backs I've ever played with. Um, and I think, personally, are some of the best running backs in the country when it comes to just being versatile on the field. You know, you got Rashad, who's got the speed and the finesse. you got Chip, who's just got the body. No one really wants to take him on head-on. And then you got um, Daniel with... 
all the abilities that, that Rashad and Chip have. It's amazing to see them work together, kind of how Coach Iguano trades them in play-by-play, play, and they're able to get the job done. Woe to the uh, defensive coordinator who thinks that Chip Trainum is just a power back, though, huh? That is true. That is true. He, he's got some twitch to him. And Rashad, he's not afraid to run it up uh, between the tackles, is he? Nope. He will definitely surprise you. You know, when he's going against a linebacker that thinks he can meet him in the hole and then Rashad goes through, um, he's got some surprising skills behind him. Now, in the last week's game, the Sun Devils rushed for all six of their touchdowns, and Case Hatch threw a key block on all six of the uh, scoring runs uh, for the Devils. And I asked you the other day after practice, and let's talk about it here, would you rather score some of those touchdowns the, yourself, or do you like uh, throwing the blocks for the guys who do score the touchdowns? Yeah, we did, we did talk about that. I think blocking is, is one of my things that I love personally. Um, I'd rather put that block in and then have the good running backs make that move behind me. Um, it's just kind of that, that self-gratitude for what I do as, at my position. And then just to have those boys score, it's something special. I was surprised. You said something like, you, 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 you don't need the limelight as a player, do you? No, that's not, that, that's not something I, I search for yeah, as yeah. a player. I like to just be involved and do my job and get things done. Well, Jaden, uh, you didn't have to throw the ball much. What does that do when you have an offense uh, that you can just turn and hand the, hand the ball to runners like those guys? Yeah, like Coach Hearn said, you know, the running game opened up the pass. Um, last week, the running game was on. This week, we'll, we'll have a more little balanced attack, try to get the passing game going, getting those guys going, but still contribute uh, and have the running backs evolve and help them contribute in the pass game. Because there's weapons in that, too. Not just running the ball, but they can catch the ball at the backfield, too. Boy, we talked about it on the first segment with Herm, but how about the way your receivers blocked downfield on that Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, it did, it did their job. Um, that's what they're asked that's what they're asked to do. Uh, passing game-wise, they caught a couple of passes. Like, Andre made a, a great catch. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they take pride in, the, in their blocking, too. Perimeter blocking, that's something that we harped on all spring, all fall. So that's something they take pride in, and they, I mean, like like Kay said, it's just the enjoyment of being able to throw that key block, you know, just seeing the guy score. Says something about those guys, doesn't it, Jaden? Because yeah. usually a receiver, you know, wants to be catching the balls and uh, scoring the touchdowns, and to ask these guys to roll up their sleeves and get down and block, uh, then and how receptive your uh, teammates are to that. I think that just uh, speaks about the team. That speaks about the character. They're unselfish. Um, they're not really looking in, looking to catch 100 passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Coach Herman, the coaching staff, preaches is being unselfish. And I feel like that's what this team is. It's an unselfish team, and they want to do whatever it takes to win. How do you feel the receivers are coming along as receivers? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing great. Uh, they had a great – they started off in spring. They had a great fall. Um, you know, they made plays in the game on uh, last Thursday. And this week, I mean, they're, they're looking up to, you know, build on that. Uh, when it comes to the passing game, be able to make those tough catches, uh, get the ball in the hand, run out the catch. So we'll see a lot of that on Saturday. We mentioned how Case Hatch came to ASU as a walk-on. And Case, uh, I've always been uh, so impressed with the guys like you that uh, elect to walk on at a program. Uh, what opportunities did you have coming out of uh, Perry High School in terms of scholarships? And what drove you to come here as a walk-on player originally? Well, coming out of high school, I had a few scholarships my junior year, uh, opportunities to play after high school. Uh, but kind of everything went away when I decided to go on a mission, uh, serve a mission for my church. Um, but that desire to play football at a big school stayed within me during those two years. And when I came back, Arizona just felt like the right place to be. You know, I wanted to be home, grew up here, have family here, 
and I wanted to represent myself in the best way possible, and I thought ASU would be the perfect fit. It takes a special type of mentality, doesn't it, for, to be a walk-on at a major college program? How did you deal with that, you know, the, 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 the possibility that you wouldn't get a whole lot of playing time? Well, I give credit to all the coaches. You know, they give us opportunities, and they're, they're always going to give us opportunities. And it's just what you take with those opportunities and what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Um, coming in was difficult because you kind of got to put the blinders on and, and just go to work. Kind of forget about everything, forget about whatever it might be, and just go to work. Mm-hmm. And that's how you got to get it done. Were you aware, or how much were you aware of Arizona State's history with walk-ons? Because this program has had some really good players who started as walk-ons. Uh, a couple come to my mind, Adam Archuleta walked on as a defensive back, and by the end of his career in 2000, he was the Pac-12, or the then Pac-10, Defensive Player of the Year and a first-round draft pick of the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, ASU has always developed really good walk-on players. Um, There's just a very high competitiveness at ASU, and that's one thing that drove me to come here. You know, the coaching staff and the history at ASU has always, always been to develop players, develop men, and to develop key skills for life and key key skills for football and uh, that's definitely something I've seen personally here and that's what coach Herman said all along if if you can play you're going to get a chance Uh, you know guys like well Jaden played as a true freshman Merlin Robertson Darian Butler came in here started as true freshman if you can play you're going to get that opportunity and Jaden that's got to be really attractive when you're going out to recruits you know the opportunity if you come here you know you're going to get a chance to play yeah I tell all the recruits um, every time they talk to me is uh, how how is it here I was like if you're the best player no matter what you're freshman sophomore junior you come in if you're the best player on the field they're gonna play no matter what it's no favoritism it's nothing uh oh is it senior he has to play now nah, if you're the best player you're gonna play at the end of the day tell me what your thoughts are on the uh, unlv team that you're gonna play saturday and what you see out of their defense uh, uh they, they've struggled they they've uh, they're zero and seven under their current coach marcus arroyo but they've it looks to me like they've recruited well. They have some Pac-12 transfers in the uh, defensive front. Yeah, um, they're going to be an athletic group, a uh, good, good group. I know they just lost the game, so they're going to come out and give us our best. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just going to be an athletic group flying around the ball. That's what they do on field. They're going to hit you. They're flying around the ball. Uh, very athletic, so we just got to execute to what we know we could do uh, and just take care of business. In what areas, Jaden, are you looking to elevate your game, maybe take your game to the next plateau as you uh, uh, continue your development as one of the top quarterbacks in the country? Yeah, just being good on third down, um, the money downs. Those, those are the downs we need to convert. Uh, you know, we we had an okay game last week on third downs, but, you know, just building off of that, if we could, if we could, stay, if we could stay on the field as long as we want, uh, I don't see any team that could beat us. Case, what are your ex- expectations of this 2021 Sun Devil football team? We got some players, that's for sure. You know, you look around the, the, the meeting room, everywhere you look, we got, we got players. We got kids that are wanting to play. We have a goal as a team, and everyone's going to put in the work to make it happen. And just like Jaden said, last week we didn't play our best, and we know that there's things that we can change, and this week we're going to keep building on, the, on the, the foundation. You know, we set that standard, we're going to keep building upon it. And, Jaden, after last year playing in empty stadiums, I think every opportunity to get out in front of your fans has got to be something you relish, don't you, at this point? Most definitely. I mean, walking out that tunnel, um, student section packed, just the stadium packed, uh, it was fun, you know, especially not having that last year. You kind of take it for granted, not having fans, just the energy. 
uh, that we got from the fans. It was uh, it was off the chart. Boy, you appreciate every moment like that after what we all went through last year. I told you they were two great captains, two great young men. Uh, Jaden Daniels, Case Hatch, fellas, thanks for coming on tonight. Thank Be- you for having best me. of luck to you on Saturday. Thank you, and be in the rest of the year. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll meet uh, the gentleman who's in his fourth year at Arizona State, his first as the sole coordinator of the Sun Devil defense. AP Antonio Pierce will join us in a moment. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network. is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe will be the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. We continue now with tonight's show. I'm Tim Healy, radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football, and your host this evening. We're glad you joined us, as many Sun Devil fans have here at the Lodge. want to pass along a quick ASU sports note. Uh, congratulations to the Arizona State women's soccer team, uh, coached by Graham Winkworth, nationally ranked, off to a 6-1 and one start this season, and a one to nothing win at Nebraska early today for uh, Sun Devil soccer. Or actually, the game was played, I believe, in Tucson in a tournament, but uh, uh, they beat Nebraska by the final of one to nothing. Uh, soccer now 6-1 and one on the year. We'll take on Texas Tech Sunday at noon down in Tucson. Our guest in this segment of the show is a gentleman who has a lot of job titles on his Sun Devil football business card. He's the program's associate head coach as well as its recruiting coordinator. He is also Arizona State's defensive coordinator, a position he shared with former Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis last year, but a job he now has to himself in 2021. It's a pleasure to welcome Coach Antonio Pierce to the show. AP, good to see you as always. Good to see you in person. It's better than the Zooms we were doing last year. Boy, isn't that the truth? Much better. This is much better. That's for darn sure. Uh, What are some of the things you enjoy most about being the defensive coordinator of this group you have? Well, I've got a good group to work with, right? I think that's the most important part. You know, the guys that you've got, uh, you know, Merlin uh, Robertson, Darian Butler, Jack Jones, Chase Lucas, Tyler Johnson. Those guys have been around the program for a long time. And just watch them grow, going through the process. Uh, obviously, a lot of those guys decided to come back for their sixth season, these super seniors that we got. And it's just exciting, man. It's a good time for ASU football. Uh, we got a good group here, very confident, just fun group to coach as well. What would you say are the similarities or differences, uh, the tweaks, if you will, between your defense and the way uh, you ran it with Marvin last year? Well, not much. There's not a lot of change. I mean, I think, you know, you don't need to do a lot. I mean, last year was really a preseason game for us, right? We had four of them. Yeah. And it was a big break in between one and two. But uh, obviously, with the group we got coming back, we will make it easy for them, keep things very simple, allow them to play fast. You know, we'll make changes through personnel, and you'll see that throughout the season. But for the most part, just allow those guys to play fast and not think so much. How would you size up your defense's performance in the opener last week? Good. We had some goals. We wanted to stop the run. We wanted to create turnovers. We wanted to get off the field early, create good field position for our offense so Jaden and you guys can check, check, do. check, and check. Huh? Yeah, right. Just keep doing that. And, you know, later in the game, we had some, you know, we had some plays where, ah, man, come on, you got to fit that up a little bit better. Tighter coverage here and there. Guys looking in the backfield, not looking at their man, but everything that's correctable. And at the end of the day, we got a lot of guys playing, right? In the year of college football, where we've got so many freshmen that we had come in early. Want to give them guys opportunity to play, and we did. We played close to 24, I think, or so defensive players. Wow. And that's what we were looking for, and that was the goal we achieved. Defensive front, of course, you had the defensive lineman of the week, D.J. Davidson. Uh, Herm thought it was his best game as a Sun Devil. I would tend to agree. Yeah, it was. And and it's been you saw that. Actually, Coach challenged those guys early in the week. 
said our D-line has to play well. And I challenged him, and Coach Rob did a great job, and they responded. And DJ in particular, he's a guy who you know, early on in his career had that broken ankle mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, USC and, right. and just never really got in the rhythm. But being a, the elder group, the elder guy in the group, you know, he's done an outstanding job of just taking on leadership. He's a big, strong human being. Doesn't say much, just does his job. Lunch pail type guy, and I'm glad to see it, it actually everybody else in the country got to see what we've been seeing all summer. You got two sacks last week, but I thought your your defensive front was able to collapse the pocket quite a bit in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where you get you get, everybody get caught up in stats. You know, we wanted to move that guy off the pocket. If you look at the first interception, he's throwing off his back foot. Obviously, DeAndre Pierce is, you know, Johnny on the spot right there, and he catches it. I did play catch with him when he was younger, right? You said that. <laughs> threw the ball to him, he caught it, so that was a plus. Um, but they, they did a great job all game, just moving him off the spot, making him uncomfortable, right? And sometimes you bring pressure. Sometimes, hey, it's me and you, one-on-one, and we had some one-on-one matchups that we won. Of course, you're missing a key piece in Jermaine Lole. So unfortunate uh, uh, with all Jermaine's been through that uh, that injury. That's got. He, how's he doing? How's he holding up mentally? Hey, he's one of the coaches now. You know, he wants to be around. Coach Edwards has allowed him to be around. He'll travel with us. He'll be on the sideline. He's in meetings. He's very um, dialed into what we're doing. The only thing we don't get is number 90 out on the grass, and that sucks for us and him. But you know, he's been a great Sun Devil uh, for the last four years. Don't know what's going to happen in the future, but more importantly. Uh, he's going to get healthy. You know, he's going he's to have a great job and, and get a degree and keep moving on. And hopefully the NFL comes calling sooner, maybe hopefully a little later for us. We can keep him for another year. But if not, I mean, it's been a great run. Another player who excelled uh, Thursday night uh, was linebacker Darian Butler. He had uh, five tackles, one for loss, two interceptions. He's the first Sun Devil linebacker in nearly 10 years to have two picks in one game. And, boy, AP, when I was watching him, I thought I was watching a safety instead of a linebacker. He's yeah. lean and quick now, isn't he? Yeah, when he first came in as a freshman around 240, 245, thought he had to be big and thump every play. You know Darian Butler, he's a physical kind of guy. And really what you've seen is a, a transformation of his body over the last four, four seasons. And this offseason with Joe and our strength program does an outstanding job with him. Lean muscle mass has come up, uh, really cut down that body fat. And when you see a guy, I thought Butler struggled early on in his career being a three-down linebacker. Hell, I wish I could keep him on third down, fourth down, help, help him on offense and help out as well like we did with Case Hatch. He used to be a linebacker with us. But uh, Darian Butler's been always the heart and soul for me in his defense. He's our pulse. Yeah. He's rocking and rolling. We're a better team. And, boy, he played really, really well last week. And you talk about season units. Your secondary, a lot of people feel, is the strength of your football team. you got seniors starting all the way across the field for you. Uh, just talk about that group, your confidence in them, and how they performed in week one. Yeah, that's my old man group. I always tell them, but yeah. the old man in there, all over 22 years old. But uh, experience helps, you know, and it helps. They've seen a lot of football. You know, you look at Chase Luke, who's been a four-year starter. Jackie Jones, four-year starter. DeAndre Pierce, same. Evan Fields, you really don't get that a lot in college football where those guys stay together and the continuity for one another. They really play off each other. DeAndre does a great job in the back end. You got Evan as a missile. And between Chase and, De- and uh, Jack Jones, man, very competitive group of corners. They get up in your face. They press. They want to get after. They don't want no help. We don't need no help. AP goes zero coverage. Nah, we don't do that. Coach call a casino. <laughs> and we'll give you a post safety or cover two or some two highs. But uh, they do a great job of really challenging receivers. And it starts in practice. You know, it starts going up against Jaden and that offense and our wide receivers. And that carried over into the game. And you got some young pups in the secondary that will uh, be really good players in the years to come, don't you? Yeah, we're excited. You know, Tommy Hill, um, uh, Kiwan Markham, Ed Woods, Mason Williams really stepped up. You know, and you'll see more and more in him. He's been just steady Eddie, kind of like Jordan Clark last year for us. You know what I mean? He's a guy that just does everything right. Just look at him. He's technically sound. You know, he studies the game. It's hard to be at corner and then at nickel and keep moving around. But he's really adjusted to it along with Chase Lucas. So, you know, the future's bright here. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees it, and, we, and more importantly, we see it for the season right now. Yeah. 
You mentioned him a moment ago, but how cool is it for you to be coaching DeAndre Pierce in college? Uh, how much of you is a coach and how much of you is a dad when you're coaching him, when you're watching him, and what was it like when he got the pick on the third play of the season and set you up at the three-yard line? Well, you know what? It goes back to when uh, this kind of conversation first came up. I went to Coach Edwards and said, look, my son graduated. He's, I think he's going to like Texas Tech or something. He wanted to go somewhere else. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, he didn't play here. Talked to Coach Edwards, talked to the staff at the time, um, and we said, hey, that was the choice we want to make. And I'm happy because I don't have to fly and watch his game at the same time as our game. I'm trying to sneak and look at the phone and make sure he's doing well. Um, but it's nothing like having your son and your family close to you. You know what I mean? And obviously, uh, DeAndre's been around football his whole life, you know, and I, I'm proud of him. He's graduated. He's working on his master's. And more importantly, mate, you don't have to worry about nothing with him on and off the field, you know. And then as a, as a, as a coach, he's a guy who just gets everything right. You know, he just <laughs> he knows how to line guys up. Football comes easy to him. Mm-hmm. You know, when you just talk to him, he's – He's a student of the game. You know, he's a coach out there on the field. And then more importantly, he's now producing, right? Yeah. You know, had an interception against Oregon State. We got after him earlier in the season last year. UCLA dropped an interception a couple other games. Now those are transitioning to uh, big plays for us. And obviously I was joking with Jaden. We just don't keep giving him the ball at the five-yard line, mess his stats up so he can't throw the ball down the field and just hand the ball off to the running backs. Well, as a dad, and by the way, I can say my son Joe is in the house once again tonight attending the show. And uh, See, Joe. I hope, AP, you're cherishing every moment of these two years because there's, there are things you'll remember the rest of your life, won't they? I am. I mean, I ain't going to lie. I cried a little bit when I sent them off to Boise, and I drove them 13 hours, and I drove back home 13 hours by myself. Uh, now I don't have to do that. Now it's a 13-minute drive or a walk to the practice facility. That's awesome. What is it about this defense, uh, the way you're able to force turnovers? I mean, that is such a huge part of the game. Uh, last year, Arizona State, despite playing only four games, led the nation with a turnover margin of plus eight, and you had four takeaways the first game uh, last uh, last week, and now 38 takeaways for ASU in the last 12 games, and that's the most of any team in the country in a 12-game span since 2019. Yeah, no, it really starts in practice, you know, and I think our office of coaches can tell you, our office of players can tell you that, you know, they're punching at the ball, they're attacking the ball, a very aggressive group, they understand the game, and more importantly, you know, it's cool making tackles. You know, it's cool, you know, batting the ball down. It's even cooler when you can actually turn the ball over and give it to your offense and, and allow these guys to work for you and put points on the board. That makes the game easier as a defensive coordinator, right, to call the game as well. So they really take pride on it. You know, we give them little balls and little things about it every practice. And each and every day, you know, we got four to seven a day, honestly, in practice where they really do a great job of just forcing turnovers. And they really put an emphasis on it. You see them in the building, they're joking around about it. Hey, you didn't get one last week. You didn't get one in practice. And it's become such a, a competitive environment in the room. It's kind of like a shark frenzy, right? You get one, okay, then you go two, then you get three, and all of a sudden you like look up at the game, and now you got the score that you have. And they're so impactful on a game, aren't they? Yeah, it's just the whole momentum. I mean, think about it. The crowd is rocking and rolling, right? We kick the ball off, but we kick it out of bounds, no problem. <laughs> Incomplete pass, all right, no problem. Second down, and, you know, still nine seconds only moved off the clock. It was 14 minutes and 51 yeah. seconds, and we get an interception. DeAndre takes us to a three-yard line or four-yard line, and, and then boom, those guys came Chip back scores up. on the next play. Yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, Darren Butler gets the hands. You know, all of a sudden he should be playing fullback and running back with Jaden. You know, now he's talking <laughs> about he's an offensive player. Yeah. But it just becomes contagious, man. And you, you can see those guys on the sideline like, and I'm next. But you know how you get a turnover? Just do your job. Mm-hmm. Just do your job. Everything that we did the other night wasn't special. Guys are just where they're supposed to be. DeAndre had the tight end. Ball gets tipped up. He's there. Yep. Darren Butler's, you know, a zone player. Quarterback looks. We break. We make a play, right? Football's simple. You don't have to complicate it.
Your run defense uh, will be needing to do its job this weekend. You're facing a good back in Charles Williams of uh, UNLV. What's your scouting report on him and their offense? Good football player. Knew him out of high school. Watched him, obviously, when I was a coach at Long Beach Poly. Uh, good football player, tough kid. You know, going to be downhill. Uh, they're going to run the ball. You know, if you watch this offense and this coordinator and the head coach where he came from Oregon, uh, we're familiar with him, understand what he wants to do. I think we got a good <clears throat> understanding of their uh, run game and their philosophy. I think it's going to be critical for our linebackers this week to really play downhill, kind of have good eyes, you know, got good clean eyes. They give you a lot of uh, sugar candy with some motions and shifts. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be challenging, and they got a quarterback. You know, they got a quarterback in, 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 um, in Doug who Brumfield, looked at. Yeah. yeah, Brumfield, who's uh-huh. – uh, uh, Merlin Robertson and L.B. Bunkley's uh, teammates, and oh, we know him go. well as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough challenge, and those guys know. only way our DBs can make plays is if we stop the run first, and that's what we're built on, to stop the run first. Always great insights from Antonio Pierce, Sun Devil Defensive Coordinator. AP, great to see you. Continued success this year, my friend. Thank you, sir. ASU Defensive Coordinator Antonio Pierce, our guest on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Herm will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the Sun Devils game Saturday against UNLV. But first, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Herm Edwards rejoins us now. I'm Tim Healy as we wind down tonight's installment of All Aboard presented by Coors Light. Herm, before we get on to uh, UNLV, uh, Saturday's game with uh, the Rebels here will be played on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks on our country. And uh, certainly as a solemn occasion for all of us uh, to reflect on what happened on that dreadful Tuesday morning in 2001 and how it's changed our world since. Uh, you're right. Um, I was a rookie head coach uh, of the New York Jets, and we had just lost to uh, the Indianapolis Colts on that Sunday, and it hit on Tuesday. That was, what, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Wow, how time flies. And uh, I can just remember that week dealing with the players and um, the New York Jets, to their credit, the football team, uh, we were not going to play. Uh, called the commissioner up, said, we're not going to play. And he said, well, we're not going to make a decision until Thursday. We said, you can make any decision you want. New York Jets aren't going on the football field. And uh, I-, I think with that stand, uh, the Giants, I think, were next in line. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the league canceled the games, which yeah. was the right thing to do. Um, and I'm not saying we forced them to do that, but it was something about those players. Um, I was a rookie head coach. And I told him I got their back and uh, had to call the owner. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll bet. <laughs> he said, can you do that? And I said, yeah. He said, well, how can you do that? I said, we don't get on the plane. We're going to go play Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he says, what does that mean? I said, that means we're 0-2. <laughs> That's wow. a great way to start, right? But it ended up uh, working out. It's kind of ironic, too, because we were a 9-6 football team, and we made up that game in Oakland. And if we won – we become 10-6, and six and we get in the playoffs. We kicked a 52-yard field goal to get in the playoffs. Wow. That's it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, just, it, was, it was really unbelievable. Well, I'm yeah, old really enough was. to remember when uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and uh, he was uh, assassinated on a Friday, November 22nd of 63, and the NFL 
played their games on Sunday and uh, drew a lot of criticism in the years that followed. I, I think Pete Rozelle always thought that was one of his great regrets as commissioner. Yeah, and I just think there's moments in time, and that was a moment in time that us as Americans needed to reflect and be with our loved ones. And, you know, it's amazing because when you look at those towers, um, the, the, when the game was over on Sunday, I can remember me and my wife, we, we were leaving the stadium, and we drove, and, you know, you go by, and you see the towers, and on Tuesday, the towers were on the ground. It's unbelievable. It's, yeah. it's, I'll never forget it. Uh, twice I've had the uh, honor to be back there, you know, on uh, Sun Devil broadcast and once on a vacation and uh, gone to the uh, the memorial where they honor all the dead. There was a man from uh, the Catholic parish I used to belong to in Mesa, Arizona, a guy by the name of Gary Bird, who uh, was in the World Trade Center and lost his life that day. It, and, it was kind of ironic because our football team, you know, you, you were compelled as an American. You just wanted it united our country like no other. It's just, it was unbelievable how our country just came together. And, and uh, we were able to, the New York Jet football team, we took buses down there later on that week, like on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And we filled trucks for the first responders that were coming in and out of there put water and we were thanking them as they were coming out of those buildings and they looked and they saw us the jet football team there it was my proudest moment ever as a coach that was my biggest accomplishment ever as a coach i'll bet i'll never forget getting goosebumps when president bush went up and talked to the uh, first responders uh, i think a couple of days later that was uh, yeah an unbelievable time your team has a chance to go 2-0 and this week uh, and get a little head of steam going before your first road game. A big game Saturday for you. It really is um, because you want to string some things together. Uh, you want to look at your performance and correct some errors and, and continue to get better. And I think if we can do that, you know, that, that's kind of how the season works. You, every week you kind of get a snapshot of, of what you've done and you might not like some things and it's always better when you win <laughs> to correct those things. And, and this is a tough football team. They're a hungry football team. Uh, they, they've had some talent. And we're going to have to play good. We're going to have to play a lot better than we did last week. Their coach, Marcus Arroyo, former offensive coordinator at Oregon, and you said he, he's 0-7, has yet to get a win, but, boy, they have recruited really well. I'm, I'm doing some research on them. They've got some good players. They do, and uh, they've got some speed. They have some size. And, and so this will be a game. This will be a good game for us because I think our guys understand the importance of week one is week one. Now it's week two. And you want to start stacking up wins. I mean, that's important. You know, just – Stacking them up one by one. And the most important thing I told them all week was for us to get better, for us to improve as a football team, because that's how you want to hit the season. You want to improve every week. The goals will take care of themselves. You know, all the long-term goals, short-term goals, it's all about this week, the preparation, and then get ready to play a football game for four quarters. It's going to be hot. Mm-hmm. And so we got to get ready for that. Hopefully it's a better week for the Pac-12 in week two. Boy, uh, some uh, tough going for especially the Pac-12 North, one and five last week. But the Pac-12 South, my friend, you're in a tough division this year, huh? Well, we got what four te- was five teams ranked, and, and four of them are in the South. Only in the AP polls, four of them in the South, and one of them in the North. Man, right? it says something about the conference. But it's it's going to be a very competitive conference, and if we continue to get better. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll have our, our, our shot at it. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be fun to watch it progress this year. And the Sun Devil Radio Network will have uh, wall-to-wall coverage of uh, Saturday night's game with UNLV starting at 5 p.m. 
for the Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone, broadcasting from the Santan Ford Club on the East Concourse of the stadium. And then Jordan and Jeff Van Raphorst will join me for the call of the game. You can hear it on ESPN 620 AM starting at a little after 7.30. Our thanks tonight to our great Sun Devil Radio Network engineer producer, Sean Crespin, for his help. Thanks also to Sean Mitchell of the Sun Devil Radio Network and our in-studio coordinator, Cody Fincher, for their assistance. From Sun Devil Football, thanks to Nate Wainwright and Kyle Gray for their help. And again, a thank you to the folks here at the Lodge for their hospitality. And thanks to our fans as well. Herm, good luck this Saturday. Thank you. Don't forget about Tim. I mean, you mentioned the other two guys. Tim Cassidy. They're 0-2 right now. Sun Devil Tim Football, is 2 Director of Operations Emeritus. He's the best. I'm Tim He's Healy. So long, everybody. been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Mid-First Bank Sun Devil Radio Network.